Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Mojo Sports. It is the NFL episode where we talk all things NFL, including the tidbits that surround the NFL. And if you have been on any form of social media, the internet, or you just happen to be watching football, because apparently I think every game talked about it, and I don't think we can go a podcast without mentioning it, Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. I saw a very fun little stat that isn't football related, but kind of, and the fact that it was like, what, plus 400% in jersey sales or something for Travis, Kelsey, or even just the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to let you two kind of talk mostly about this because this is not my wheelhouse. I was a grump the entire time they were mentioning it. But Laura, you kept going on about it. I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you two are a fan of this, no? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Travis Kelsey relationship didn't see that potentially happening, but it's great, I think, for the sport. It's great for all of us Swifties to see Taylor out and about at a live sporting event having fun. And I think what was fun about this was the build-up, and that's one of the big parts of being a Swiftie is all the little Easter eggs and all the little things along the way, the hints, the drops, and then you get, obviously, the big surprise. And seeing her at that Chiefs game after last week there being rumors she might have made an appearance. It was awesome. And I think, you know, cool to see her get into the game. I also saw, I think it was on Bleacher Report a couple of days after that there were some notes that appeared to have been made for Taylor about who to root for, a couple of rules, who these players are. And yeah, it was great. It was great fun. Great to see her having a good time. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm also excited for a breakup album when the relationship doesn't last, but we shall see. Riley, um, there was a, a lovely post that I saw, and it was a quick football breakdown for all new Swifty fans um, that have now made their way to the Chiefs. I mean, dare I say these are bandwagon fans now, um, but you know, you you've definitely been a, a fan of, of Taylor Swift, so I'm sure you were uh, you enjoyed seeing her there at the the game. Yeah, well, I think I made a joke that um, <clears throat> this is just, what, you know, one step closer for her to actually get the halftime show eventually when she stops touring around the world, which obviously I'll pay $10,000 a ticket to go and watch. But, um, yeah, no, it was – I think this the hype is is kind of funny, like the, the Taylor Swift effect, as they're calling it, um, the fact that it was the highest viewed uh, game this year so far with an average of like 24.7 million viewers or something and it was the highest demographic of females aged between 14 and 23 or something like that like it was just so it's just so funny to see something like that um and for us uh especially here in Australia they're like oh the down low of of Taylor Swift's new boo when we all know exactly who he is and it for for me I was kind of like oh sort of why but you know, apparently he's been a fan all these years and he was always making these jokes about her in the past six to 12 months or something like that. So, you know, it's funny to see it sort of come about. But, yes, I can't wait for the the breakout bangers. I mean, it's amazing when you have a podcast and you put out there that Taylor Swift absolutely ghosted you at one of her concerts It didn't take your uh, bracelet. Clearly it works out uh, in the fashion that must be a new way of dating. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not an app. It's not the old way, but it must be the, the new way moving forward. Um, speaking of halftime, we'll quickly touch on it. Usher 
is the halftime performer for the upcoming Super Bowl. Um, I thought that was a pretty good announcement. Uh, just really quickly, 10 seconds, thoughts on that one. Riley, Laura, thoughts on Usher's halftime show? I think it's going to be interesting. Apparently he wasn't even the top three cho- choices. Um, but, yep, ha- be be interesting to see if he brings somebody else like so many other artists have or if he goes solo like Rihanna did last year. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a completely different style of artist and music at this year's Super Bowl. I think we've seen, you know, kind of a similar trend over the last few years. Um, but Usher's amazing. I saw him live a very long time ago and he's incredible. He's been on Kim Kardashian's Snapchat stories over the last six months. So, you know, there's a little bit of traction there. I think new people are starting to learn who he is. But yeah, hopefully it's a party and hopefully it's fun. But I'd like to see Taylor. So we'll see. Yeah, I'd like to see some country music. I think that would be <laughs> maybe some Carrie Underwood because we all know. There we go. Okay, moving swiftly. Oh my god, <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on. And I did not mean to make that as a, a Taylor Swift pun, but it happened um, in real time. So there you go. Interesting week of football. Week three has been and gone. Um, we'll quickly run through the winners. We had the 49ers over the Giants, Browns over the Titans, Lions over the Falcons, Packers over the Saints, Dolphins, <laughs> very, very big win over the Broncos, Chargers over the Vikings, Pats over the Jets, Bills over the Commanders, Texans over Jags, Colts over Ravens, Seahawks over Panthers, Chiefs, unfortunately, over the Bears, Cardinals over Cowboys, Steelers over Raiders. Riley, I'll let you start first. We always kind of talk about our surprises from week three, and I think we're three weeks in, and there have been some disappointing moments in the NFL. Um, so my kind of question to you is, what was kind of your biggest disappointment coming out of week three from these teams? Oof. Look, there was a few, one that touched really closely in my heart, but um, <clears throat> I'll go with the Cowboys. I don't understand how you can be a double-digit uh, favorite and then lose by double digits that hasn't happened I think in, in something since like 1976 or 1982 or something ridiculous like that where there's been such a shift in in um in the score uh handicap um so considering they the first two weeks they were like this is it this is the dynasty team this is the defense that's gonna you know bring them to the championship and then you have somebody like the cardinals who everyone was pegging as you know then to to go the worst this year get the number one pick everyone was you know saying caleb williams pack your bags for arizona now um to get beaten by a team that i didn't think has a number one wide receiver um and yeah so that that's probably my biggest surprise for the week. Laura, your Seahawks won, so we're safe there. We're good. Um, but your boy Russell Wilson, he took a a small loss, shall we say, um, to the Dolphins. What would be your kind of disappointment out of Week Three from these teams? Man, you know, Russell Wilson is the only quarterback to have won a game by 50 points and lost a game by 50 points. I saw that interesting stat um, from the start of his NFL career until now. I think all of us were watching that game just wanting it to stop. I'm a big fan of Miami. I've talked about that on this on this podcast before, but 
You just wanted to stop. They even took two around and they still kept scoring. So one of the things that I think was interesting about this game was, you know, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of talk about Russell. There's going to be a lot of talk about this offense, you know, as we move forward. And I think that's where a lot of the blame is going to go. But this Broncos defense, you can't even call them a defense. They didn't play any goddamn defense. You know, we're looking at a quarterback in Tua who is constantly getting sacked, constantly getting hit. That's one of the biggest concerns coming into the season about the Miami team. Broncos didn't even touch him once. You know, Pat Sertan had a lot of hype coming into this week. You know, that matchup with potentially him and Tyreek, what was going to happen there. There was quite a bit of conversation and nothing. So I think, you know, what can you do at this point? All the talk that's come from Sean Payton, everything he said about Nathaniel Hackett, about the Broncos last year to this year, to Russell's behavior on off the field. Where actually is the problem? I can't quite tell. I think it could be in every area. So what do you do? I think they're going to have to clean house. And I think they're going to do it sooner rather than later because that was just abysmal. Um, loved seeing everything about, um, oh gosh, what, the names escaped me. The coach from the um, Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, how he'd been a previous ball boy for the Broncos and now he'd absolutely slogged them. So disappointing from the Broncos. I mean, Shannon Sharp hit it on the head. That was, it was just a nightmare. It was horrific and it was embarrassing. So who knows where they go from here, but I think they'll be cleaning house. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a hard game to watch and the running joke, you know, since those games have happened is at least they didn't go for the field goal. (laughs) Right. I mean, at that point, how nice of them to take a kneel, but at that point, like there's not a lot you can do. Um, I think for me, I've got two pretty disappointing ones. Um, one will come as no surprise. The other one will. Uh, Jets, Zach Wilson is not the the option there. Uh, for me, you've got a very strong, young defense in the Jets. Um, I think you've got some great moving pieces um, on their offense as well. I do think they need someone that just has better options and better picks because if you're getting booed in New York by your own fans, um, it's not fun. Uh, it's not fun for anybody, um, and and I think you just, he just doesn't have the confidence. He's not in a system that's going to work, but I don't think he's a starting quarterback. Um, moving on to a starting quarterback that in his first three seasons, two seasons since he's been drafted, Justin Fields has only won five games. I, I <laughs> Brad's looking around like it's nuts. I am going to be very um, – hard on the bears right now and say that I am disappointed in the coaching staff. Um, I am disappointed by the drama that went on this past week with the bears. How much of that is actually true? I don't know. Um, but their defensive coordinator left for personal reasons. Um, for me, you know, when you draft a guy like Justin Fields, you know, you want to put a system around him that's going to make him work. Um, that's going to work for him. You draft him for his speed. You draft him for his ability to move his feet. Um, we know he's not a great pocket passer. He was okay in Ohio State, but it's college. It's very different, as we know. Um, but I think for me, it is a system error. I think we've seen it for the last couple of years in Chicago, where Chicago wants to play a style of football, a particular style of football, and they don't have. And they try and pick people that are going to fit that that mold instead of creating the mold around the players that they have. Um, so I, I'm disappointed in the Bears. Um, I did not expect them to be 0-3. Um, I think there's a lot that they have to kind of look at to be able to move forward. Um, I think 
the coaching has to be better. The play calls have to be better. And I think at some point, you just have to let Justin Fields go. Let him go. This happened last year. He started off a little robotic, like he had a seatbelt on him. And then all of a sudden, he just started running. I mean, the dude rushed for over a 1,000 yards. Why isn't he running the ball? Um, you've got DJ Moore, who's a great asset there. Again, not working. Um, so I think they've got to go back to the drawing board a little bit. I know I've had some injuries on defense. Defense has to be a lot better for the money that we've spent and the experience we have there. Um, so I'm disappointed in the Bears. I'm sick and tired of being mad on a Monday morning, going into work. Um, so something needs to happen with the Bears, and it needs to happen quick, smart, uh, because right now we are sitting 32 out of 32 teams in the power rankings, and we are looking like we're going to have the first draft pick and the second draft pick <laughs> in next year's draft. And while that's great, um, I'm sick and tired of it. So for me, the Bears need to pick it up. They need to let Justin Fields move the ball. Um, their running backs have to be better. Um, Claypool, please just stay off the field. <laughs> just stay off the field. Um, I'd like to see Darnell Mooney being used a little bit more. Um, DJ Moore, it's just everybody. Everybody needs to step up. Stop making excuses. Stop doing whatever it is you're doing and just go out there and play football um, because I'm tired of it. <laughs> and I'm sure the city of Chicago is, and I'm sure Chicago Bears fans are, and we're not the only team in the league, but I am over it and something needs to happen quick smart. So that being said, we have four teams that are sitting 0-3. They are the Chicago Bears. They are the Panthers. They are the Vikings. And the fourth one is somebody help me out. They are the Broncos. Four teams, four very interesting teams, two teams that we didn't expect to be here. Uh, I would say that none of us really expected the Broncos to be here. Um, None of us expected the Vikings to be here. Um, Especially when Kirk Cousins is, I think, is leading touchdown passes in the league right now with nine. Um, (laughs) So that's baffling to me. Um, Laura, out of these four teams, who do you, they all play each other this week coming up in week four. Um, Who do you think a is going to come out on top in these two games and actually get their first win of the season. But what do these four teams need to do moving forward so that they do not keep losing game after game after game? I think the matchup between the Vikings and the Panthers could be a bit of an interesting one. I'd kind of written off the Panthers and Andy Dalton until I'd seen them come up against Seattle this last week. And they kept Seattle on their toes until we woke the hell up in the second half of that game with Kenneth Walker. But I think this is a must win more so for the Vikings than for the Panthers. Panthers, kind of like I just said, they were slightly written off. But the Vikings, the Vikings have been losing games that they should, should have won. Easily. They should have won this week. They should have won last week. I mean, Kirk Cousins threw for over 360 yards. And like you said, you know, leading touchdown passer, you've got Justin Jefferson. How the hell are you not winning a game when you've got Justin Jefferson on your field? So, you know, it it kind of, it. you want to say maybe it's coming down to an issue of composure, but I do think this team has that. They do have that, that talent. One of the things with Kirk Cousins passing this last week is he was, what, 32 out of 50 attempts? It was something along those lines. Um, you know, so maybe he needs to kind of step back and have a little bit more time and be given a little bit more time. But 
I, I really don't know with that team. I, I don't understand how they are here. I don't know what the hell has happened. Looking across to the Broncos, I mean, coming out of a 50-point loss, there's nowhere to go. No one really cares about you anymore. No one really has any expectation. I think Russell will be able to pull through, hopefully, with this team. You know, a lot of people say by the time you actually reach rock bottom, you can start to come up and maybe that will come for them in this week four. But I think when I look at these teams, taking the Vikings out of the situation, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Bears, you're kind of at a point now where you don't really feel like there's any hope for them. So, you know, I think week four is is a big week for the Vikings, but for everyone else, I don't think it's going to come down to all too much. Riley, the Bears play the Broncos, and correct me if I am wrong there, um, in week four. Um, as Laura said, there's very little hope when you do go 0-3. Um, teams have made the playoffs going 0-3 to start the season, um, but it's a very small, small percentage of teams that actually make it through. Um, how do you think that these four teams can pull off a win uh, in week four and, and continue that role moving forward? Because the Bears said that Dustin feels that in press conference, it only takes one win. Um, That is true. However, something I did laugh at um, after this week was how bad did the Bears have to be to be up against a record-setting Denver Broncos and be three-and-a-half-point underdogs? Be an underdog to somebody who just got pantsed by 50 points. I didn't even know it was possible to score 70 points in the NFL anymore. and we are underdogs at home by more than a field goal. So that is honestly no idea. Um, I honestly think I, I'll agree with Laura. This is a Vikings season, absolutely on the line. It's also Kirk Cousins, I'm going to say, close to career. He's up for contract renewal, I think, at the end of this year. And if I was the Jets, if the Vikings lose, I'd be calling them straight away morning a trade. I don't think Kirk Cousins is that bad. I just think that some play calls and schemes are just a little too too aggressive for his, I'm going to say, age. Um, he doesn't have legs. He doesn't have that, um, I'm going to call it playmaking ability that the younger quarterbacks have in that they can use their legs and they can extend plays. I think he's an excellent pass um, pocket passer. He's thrown the most yards this year, even with Tungavai Lower and Miami. Justin Jefferson has more yards than Tyreek Hill. It's not like they're not moving the ball. It just it, it just comes down to bad bad play calling at the end of a game. Last year they were eleven and zero on three score uh, on one score games. This year they're zero and three. So they're completely reversed, which is what I think they were the year prior to that as well. Um, he just can't close out a game, even though he's got people like Justin Jefferson and things like that. And I, and I do think it does come down to some play calling. Um, but, yeah, if they go 0-4, that's the Vikings season pretty much done. And I would, yeah, 100%, if I was the Jets, be on the phone and, and offering them some form of trade because then I think that that puts them in playoff contention as opposed to, Zach Wilson right now. 
Um, it sounds like across the board uh, with these teams that are 0-3, it, it, it's a play-calling issue. It, it's a being able to, you know, third and third downs, fourth downs, uh, play calls. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of at the halfway mark, you know, if we see a change in, in some coaches or, as you said, we see people, um, you know, some big trades happening with some some major names and people. Um, kind of moving to the opposite side um, of, of the football <laughs> uh, where we go three and O teams. We only have three left in the NFL, and that is the Miami Dolphins. That is the San Francisco 49ers, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Laura, Jamie's not here to boast about his Eagles, um, so I'll let you kind of take this one first. These three teams, you know, they've got interesting games coming up. You've got the 49ers at Arizona, probably an easy win for them. You've got... Eagles at Washington, interesting game for them too. Um, and then you also have Miami and Buffalo. Now that's going to be a tough game for Miami, but what do you think these three teams need to do to go 4-0 and and keep that winning streak and that mentality alive? Looking at the Miami-Buffalo game, you know, Buffalo are favorites for that, which you wouldn't really think seeing what you've seen out of Miami these last couple of weeks. I was a little bit surprised by that, especially with how we were talking about Josh Allen to start the season. Um, You know, I think for Miami, the biggest thing is going to be navigating this Bills defense. I think, you know, they've got their locks in Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle, I believe, is still going to be out. So this is mostly going to kind of rest on him a little bit. They're going to, is he still out? Is he not? I'm not sure. And so I think coming in into this week, it's going to be how they can control the ball, how they can protect Tua. And, you know, they're going to have Tyreek locked up. They're going to need to get smart. They're going to need to run the ball a little bit. So I think, you know, navigating that defense is going to be huge for them. Looking at the Eagles, this Eagles team I'm finding really confusing. I'm, you know, I'm happy to see them 3-0. and I just finished watching the Kelsey documentary, which I thought was really eye-opening, and I think everyone should give it a watch. Um, you know, it gave me a lot more respect for Jason Kelsey, not that I think he needed it, but, you know, I, I was quite impressed coming out of that. You know, this is a team that has all the gear and what kind of looks like no idea. They're scraping through these games. They're getting these wins, but they're not really convincing. You know, they came out against Tampa. I think they won by about two scores, something like that, when really, if we'd seen them last year, they should have annihilated this Tampa team. There is no reason it should have been as low scoring as it was, despite the fact that you had A.J. Brown going for, what, over 130 yards or something like that receiving. So, I, you know, I think coming up against Washington, Washington are a little bit of a wild card in my book. Um, You know, I don't really know what we're going to see from them, what we can expect. And I think, you know, the key for this team is just staying disciplined, putting the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands and doing a quarterback push at the one yard line. I mean, good God, nothing's ever going to stop that play. It's insane. Um, Coming to the final one, the 49ers. 49ers are a steam train. They don't need to do anything. Don't change anything. Don't touch anything. Give the ball to CMC. That man is an absolute freak of nature in more ways than one. So, you know, yeah. 49ers, I think, are, are now the, the number one contenders. Riley, 
we talk about football teams and we give a lot of credit to some teams who are heavy defensively and quite good, but they're missing some offensive pieces. We talk about teams that are heavy offensive favorites, but missing pieces on defense. San Francisco, as Laura said, they've been steamrolling, right? The first three games. Is this a complete team, do you think, out of the NFL when you have people that kind of have everything sorted out and figured out and put together? Um, And I guess what do the Eagles in Miami need to do to kind of be like the 49ers and continue this this momentum? Well, they they are all in right now. Um, They have, I think, 12 of their players are top, like, five in – in um, what they're paying them across the board. So they are 100% utilising Brock Purdy's rookie deal and um, absolutely going for gold right now. They are not thinking five years ahead. They're not thinking long-term. They're thinking right now. Um, And I do think they're probably, and I hate to say it, the most complete team. Um, but I think, and we've touched on this earlier in the year, I think the defense is slowly catching up now to the offense. Um, so if, you know, at the end of the year, hopefully we get the two best teams versing each other in the playoffs. Um, and hopefully that, that offense that goes against that Niners defense is is good enough to not just score 10 to 13 points. Um, I think I saw a stat the other day that this is the first time a team has scored the exact same amount of points every week, which is 30 for the Niners, um, for the first games starting off their season. So 30 points, it's it's like a score that's sort of – it's not a not not achievable for a subpar team, but it is hard to get when they have the kind of defense they do when they can literally do a couple of three and outs and you're kind of stalling and, and the ball's going straight back to the Niners in their own half or um that you're getting all the way down to the, the red zone and they get a takeaway. They're that kind of defense that they excel in so many different areas that you can put all this effort into making it down the field only to not even have a takeaway from it. But um, I think, and because I have so many Niners fans as friends, I hate seeing them win because I just do because my team sucks. Um, but I think, yeah, they're going to be one of the harder teams to stop just, just because of the the caliber of players they have it and it's at the key positions it's in the pass rush it's at the wide receiver position it's it's in their secretary but it's it's not everybody and they can because they have a nine hundred thousand dollar a year quarterback as opposed to a 40 to 55 million dollar a year quarterback that so many of these teams have yeah it's 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 very interesting like when you mentioned the the contract situation. And I think you're right. They're definitely taking Brock Purdy's contract and, and, you know, going after the amount of people that they can because of that. Um, I do think as we've seen with the 49ers financially teams that pay heavy, heavy quarterbacks that probably don't um, do well 
uh, we've seen struggle because they don't have the money to get anybody else. Um, so I think, you know, if you want an all out team, sometimes you gotta, you gotta sacrifice in certain spots, but, but where do you sacrifice, right? You don't want to be drafting a rookie every time and Brock Purdy's one in however many I'm sure as well. Um, before we kind of go, I want to touch on week four, right? Our games we're most looking forward to for week four. Um, for me, there's two, uh, and for very different reasons. And I, while I hate to say this, it, it is Detroit and Green Bay because I think you've got two teams that are very, very interesting. Um, you've got the Detroit Lions who just seem to have completely flipped uh, the the script, if you will, on what their seasons used to be like on how they play football. Um, and then you've got Green Bay who have um, love, who likes to run away from under center without the ball. So, you know, for, <laughs> for me, this is going to be a very interesting game for the NFC North, um, especially, you know, seeing who loses and then, you know, out of the Vikings and the Bears who wins because that 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 whole section is just um, upsetting at the moment. And then my other game that I have to mention is Atlanta and Jacksonville. Not because I like either one of those teams. I, I couldn't care less about Atlanta or Jacksonville. Um, but for me, they're playing in London. It's the first international game of the season. Um, this is like a home game for Jacksonville. They always win when they're in London, which I always found funny. Um, but this game is being played in Andy's room. And for those of you who don't understand what I am talking about, they are doing a Toy Story setup for this game, all these players are going to be animated. Uh, they're going to be running around the field like they were in Toy Story, like they're in Andy's room. Um, hopefully nobody shouts middle of the game, Andy's coming, because I don't know what they would do there. That would just be absolutely hysterical uh, for context. When you hear Andy's coming, you're meant to lie down on the floor like you weren't just alive like the toys do. Um, so for me, I'm very interested to see. I love the Nickelodeon games. I think they're hysterical. Um, so I'm very interested to see how this game goes. But those are my two games of, of week four. Riley, your two picks uh, or your pick, however many uh, of games you're looking forward to for week four. Uh, so I've got two as well. Um, Dolphins, Bills, for obvious reasons. Um, interdivisional game. Interdivisional? Divisional game. Um, this is the Bills' chance to sort of reclaim sort of top position. They'll be on the same – they'll be three and one if they take the win. Um, otherwise, Dolphins are going four and oh. Everybody else is is two and two at best. Um, so they've got that two-game – they'll have that two-game buffer if um, the, the Dolphins take this one away. So I think it's really important that the Bills get this one. And – a strange one, but Raiders charges. Um, I don't. I've never been a big fan fan of Garoppolo, but I'm a big fan of Devonte Adams, and I can say that now because he's left the Packers, and <laughs> I don't like supporting anything to do with the Packers. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see him still thriving, even though he's now had a second quarterback change after moving to the Raiders, and then losing Derek Carr. Um, but if the Chargers do not win this week, Brandon Staley has to be fired. They should have lost last week. Who goes for it on fourth down 
inside your own 20. They didn't they didn't win that game. Kirk Cousin lost that game. They 100% should have lost that game and they would have been 3-0 instead of the Vikings. And I think Brandon Staley would have been fine then. So just because they won doesn't mean that that was actually a good game. And I think that if they do, it might not be this week, but he's 100% got to be the first coach gone because he, ever since he blew that lead last year against Jacksonville, they have not done anything. So Again, it, it comes down to, to coaches and what they're calling. We have seen some interesting calls on fourth down and down by a score. We've seen a lot of field goals be kicked. Um, Laura, you get to kind of rant us out with your picks for week four, um, and, and I'll give you even just like a bonus question for this one. Do we think we'll see Taylor Swift at another Kansas City game? We definitely won't. I don't think we'll see her at the Jets. I just feel like that'll be a little bit too much <laughs> going on. Probably not her scene. Um, I'm actually really excited to, and I also can't believe I'm saying this, to watch the Steelers and the Texans. I really enjoyed watching CJ Stroud last week. Only the highlights because I wouldn't actually sit through a full game. But, you know, I'm excited to see him go up against TJ Watt in the Steelers' defense. I think that's going to be a really interesting combination. There's been a lot of positive talk coming out about CJ. The organization seems really happy with him. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see how he goes against what I think is a top-tier defense at the moment. Um, coming to the other side, Seattle. We're in New York this week, and I think, you know, what we saw at the end of of this game just gone with the Panthers was that offense start to come alive. It, I've, it generally takes us a few games into the season to really hit at our stride. And I think, you know, coming into October, that's the right time for us. We've been playing a lot of tight ends at the moment because we have a weakened offensive line. And I really enjoyed seeing Bobo get his first touchdown and what a great touchdown that was. Um, And I think, you know, we've got such a great young core in this Seattle team that we're just going to go from stride to stride throughout this next step of the season. So excited for us to obliterate the Giants. And of course, as Riley mentioned, the Bills and the Dolphins is going to be epic. So excited to see that. We are definitely in for a very interesting week four. It'll be interesting to see what they have written up for the script because every week, uh, and we're only three weeks in, keep in mind, and we've had probably the most entertaining three weeks of football we've had in a very, very long time. Um, with some big blowouts, with some people not doing what they should be doing, uh, with some major, major losses that are huge. Um, so I think it, it's, you know, when they say that the NFL really knows how to write a script for how these games are played, they really do. Uh, fantasy, I'm sure, for a lot of teams was amazing these past week or it was disappointing based on where you had some players. Um, for me, it was good. I enjoyed fantasy this week, and I'm sure plenty of others did, and I'm sure we will see that again in week four um but that's all we got time for uh but we'll be back kind of next week to recap on week four and talk all things week five but until then we'll catch you next time